work, please consider supporting us on Patreon. We are also on Twitter and YouTube. For links to these services, visit us online at imsuperserious.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to I'm Super Serious. I hope everyone is doing well on this glorious day. We have me, Quamsec, and over yonder is Marcus DeWitt. What's going on, Marcus? Uh, oh, no. <laughs> Holy fudge cakes. I can't believe it. I, I still forgot your mic, Marcus. I I'm sorry, man. I was thinking about it the other day, and it just, like, uh, just it just left me. Goodness gracious. My apologies. Okay, so also among us we have uh, Ethan James, uh, as we have stated in the first episode. He cannot talk during the recording of this podcast. I will, however, I need to compliment his socks. They're pink. I, I like pink. Uh, it, it's not a, 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 a crazy neon pink look at those man <laughs> but just like kind of a like like a like a mm, yeah check out my chill pink socks kind of pink and uh, i think it works with them nice job ethan also in the studio we have a good buddy of mine named quincy not sure where he is right now he, he knew we were recording at 1 a.m. He knew about this, right? I mean, I, I, I just don't understand why he's not here. Hmm, okay. Quincy, my man, whatever you're doing, I'm hoping you're having a good time. So, how are you doing? Yeah, you. No, 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 no. No, not you. I mean, you. Are you doing swell or does something smell? Whatever your case, wherever your mind is, just know that you should never be afraid to try a honeysuckle in the summertime. They're just great. They're just, oh, they're just great. So, hold on. Before we get going here, guys, guys, why is it so hot in here? Ethan, uh, Marcus, what's going on here? You guys know of my penguin complex, guys. I mean, what what is the temp at? Like 78 or something? Listen, listen, let's just get things below 70, okay? Let's get into like the 69, 68, 67 area. That just, mm, that just relaxes me. And it's, that's... It's my temperature area. Anyways, we'll get that adjusted. Ethan, thank you, man. So, okay, so let's get started. So this is part two of the transatlantic mezzanine bridge. So we're going to talk some more about the bridge and inject some more knowledge into those noggins of yours. You hear? Uh, honestly, this bridge could easily take up 600 episodes so what i'm gonna do for the remainder of this episode is just kind of pick pick and choose some interesting pieces of information that i have read and researched about the bridge 
and uh, I will bring those pieces of information into light and we're going to talk about them. Simple enough, eh? So just to summarize, the, the mezzanine bridge, the transatlantic mezzanine bridge stretches over 3,000 miles or about 5,000 kilometers from New York City to London with an inland section in the UK leading to London from, well, from the water, obviously. The bridge took 56 years to construct and sadly over 600 people died while constructing the bridge. The exact number of fatalities is at 603. This is out of 42,546 workers. Most deaths on the bridge were in relation to rough weather and unexpected challenges. Also, there was some lack of training that resulted in some fatalities as well, unfortunately. So one thing that is quite interesting about the bridge was that in all honesty, it could have easily taken a decade less to construct. It's, the thing the thing that happened was over 20% of the bridge now this is on a section closer towards the uh, United States side this section had to get torn down and rebuilt due to believe it or not shoddy building materials and supplies now two major construction companies that were involved in the creation of the bridge were found guilty in cutting non-construction materials into concrete mixtures to cheaply increase the yield now a, a massive a multi-million dollar investigation took place um, concerning this incident and it was concluded that both construction companies were found guilty of putting additives such as literal food products and trash into concrete mixtures while also minimizing the use of reinforcing rebar inside the concrete now they these companies they claimed these additives would suffice in place of rebar but uh, i mean <laughs> come on man are you seriously gonna look me in the eye and tell me that food can replace rebar? I, 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 come on. That's, that's just ridiculous. So the section that was involved in this situation was, was, like I said, torn down and rebuilt. Now, after this entire process was complete, which dramatically increased the cost of the bridge, as you can imagine, one of the construction companies uh, ended up going bankrupt because of basically their reputation just getting torn to shreds after they were exposed adding food to the bridge. It's just redonkulous, man. I find it I find it quite disturbing that they would even think 
that adding food and trash to concrete would have any benefit whatsoever. One interesting thing uh, about this case was that how it was actually discovered that this was taking place was not by construction workers coming up and telling others of, hey, 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 food's getting added to this construction mixture. It wasn't anything like that. What happened was it was determined and, and discovered that the bridge was attracting a large amount of aquatic life. Marine life was literally eating away at the bridge. Aquatic life was seen on video eating away at the bridge. It was ridiculous. And <laughs> that was the initial red flag that spearheaded this entire investigation. It was fish nibbling at food particles in the concrete of the bridge. Pretty insane in the membrane. So what is also fascinating is that 4.8 billion metric tons of concrete were used in the construction of the bridge. This also includes roughly 1.2 billion metric tons of steel. <laughs> that is a massive amount of materials. <laughs> oh my gosh. Imagine what you can create with that many materials. What could, what could you make? A tower to space or something? Oh my gosh. I don't even know. Mm, I, I don't even know. So besides the materials uh, that were used to make the bridge, I know we're kind of skimming over what the bridge was made with, um, but I want to get to um, something else I find quite fascinating, and that is, as you can probably assume, lengthwise we're at about 3,000 miles, which is about 5,000 kilometers. So there's going to be some gas stations, some stops, some hotels, some other anemones for travelers to stop at because no one's just going to get on that baby and just drive 3,000 miles straight. I mean, okay, don't get me wrong. You're going to have some people that are going to do that. I don't know how, but it's going to be done. So for the 99.99% of people who are not going to be doing that, yes, every 40 to 90 miles, there is a gas station of some sorts, a rest area, a small shopping mall, a store, restaurant, or hotel. And there are even a few parks strewn about. Also, this is, this is quite cool. The bridge has five separate fire and police departments, all assigned to different sections of the bridge, obviously. Furthermore, they have a very extensive traffic camera monitoring system, call the boxes every 10 miles, and a cellular network that extends for the entirety of the bridge. And, and thankfully, it, this is not just a, a situation where it's just one monopoly who has the whole bridge in terms of network providers. The, the bridge actually has its own network that most carriers can actually access. I, I find that quite, quite interesting. Okay, so let's talk about the speed limit on the bridge. So this is pretty cool. Now, the speed limit varies based on conditions, based on the area, 
but in general, the speed limit is 70 to 80 miles per hour or 112 to 128 kilometers per hour. Like I stated previously, there is also a hyperloop on the bridge. Now, this will blow you away. The hyperloop can achieve speeds up to 700 miles per hour or about 2,520 kilometers per hour. I wonder what those hyperloop prices are. They aren't going to be cheap. Man. Okay, okay. Let's continue here. So now I mentioned weather monitoring or, or, or did I? Hmm. Okay. Weather monitoring is something that is taken very seriously on the bridge. Drivers on the bridge are given multiple warnings when approaching large oceanic storms. These warnings are communicated via brightly lit signs all across the bridge. And there's even multiple severe weather garages for parking your vehicles if you are ever caught in a bad storm. I think that's pretty cool. And these garages also are attached to hotels and so forth to squeeze as much money out of you as humanly possible. You know, kind of take advantage of the storm, you know. So let's go on to a different subject. Tolls on the bridge. Yep, ladies and gents, there's some crazy tolls on the bridge. Now, full bridge access from end to end costs $300 or 250 euros. Now, this is for up to four axles. And also, it will cost $100 or 83 euros per each additional axle. Motorcycles only cost $150 or 125 euros for the entirety of the bridge. Not too bad at all. So now say you want to check out the bridge, but you don't want to drive the entire length of it. Okay, well, you're in luck. Now you, you aren't in luck in terms of not having to experience tolls, but you are in luck in that they have thought about people who will not be venturing one way down the entire bridge. So these tolls, there's different toll packages, I guess you could say. There's a toll for half bridge access. There's a toll for quarter bridge access. Now, if you want to drive on a bridge for just a few miles, just to check it out, you will have to pay the smallest access toll, which is the quarter bridge access toll, which isn't too bad. It's a fraction of the entire bridge toll. Now, in terms of pedestrians, oh, pedestrians, you know, people like you and I. Well, currently I'm not a pedestrian. I'm recording this podcast. Wait, am I a pedestrian? When, when do you actually become a pedestrian? Is that when you step foot on a sidewalk somewhere? I mean, I, I guess so. I'm going to have to look that up. Mm. So pedestrians are only allowed at the start, the very end, and only near road stops or other anemones along the bridge. Um, you cannot walk, run, or whatever from one side to the other as the majority of it is restricted to vehicle access only. However, there are some talks about expanding one of the shoulders of the bridge to have pedestrian access. 
However, right now that does not exist. So anyways, now, you know what? I need to get across this bridge, okay? I'm gonna do this before the year is up, okay? It's gonna happen. Ain't nobody gonna stop me. Oh, I, honestly, it's going to be a lot of fun. Mm. I'm just thinking of like getting a rental and just like flooring it like 300 miles an hour the entire time. <laughs> I'm kidding. Or, or am I? Speaking of uh, rental companies, yes, there are major rental companies on each side of the bridge that specifically rent vehicles for bridge access, which is mm, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Anyways, um, so I'm going to be on that bridge soon. What about you? I mean, what do you think? Do you think this bridge is a great idea? Do you think it's a waste of time, a waste of money? Is it blocking marine life or affecting marine life or something of that nature give me your opinion you know what don't knock it until you try it okay you can give me a pre-bridge opinion but i want an opinion on you after you have actually gone across the entire bridge that's the opinion i want so you gotta make that happen man you gotta make that happen hey maybe i'll see you out there i'll be the one doing 350 miles an hour across the bridge <laughs> that's it folks i am out of time thank you so much for listening for exclusive episodes subscribe to our Patreon. We can also be found on Twitter and YouTube for these links and other information. Visit us online at imsuperserious.com. Be well and good night.